Hi there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know direct from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. I am very excited for this episode. It's something we have been planning for a while. Today's show will help any couple planning their wedding, no matter how big or how small your dream vision is. You are in for a great show today. I'm excited to introduce you to Suzanne Day from the Newport Experience. When Suzanne and I first spoke about today's show, there were so many topics we wanted to chat about. Quite frankly, we could have at least given you five shows, if not more, with the knowledge that Suzanne has in the wedding industry. In fact, we talked about doing another show for you in the future, as we had so much to chat about. What an awesome treat. So if you like what you hear today, be sure to subscribe to Wedding Secrets Unveiled, as you will hear from Suzanne again in the next upcoming months. However, today we decided it's very important to help you focus on what matters most in your wedding planning. So we will be unveiling the secrets and the tips to walk you through a very easy but important process to help you really narrow down what is truly important to you and your wedding planning. With her 20 years of experience and being right in the heart of some of the most desired venues in Newport, let alone New England, Suzanne is going to give you direct industry insider tips on basically how you can cut down what's important with just five easy tips. She's going to take us through the process step by step on what she calls the five W's to help you plan your perfect wedding. Wondering what the five W's mean or what they even are? Perfect. This is why we're here. We'll explain to you what they are, how to use them in your planning process, and after today's episode, you'll have the tools straight from a leading expert. You will be able to take these five easy steps, use them as the backbone to help you plan and focus your wedding. Her approach will help you feel that you are crafting a wedding experience, not just choosing options from a price sheet. Oh, and since it's only five steps, it's totally stress-free. We are going to quickly chat about the venue she's connected to and then explore these really important five W's. This is a helpful conversation, an important conversation, and also a very realistic conversation, leaving you with some basic and powerful tools to help your planning all at the same time. So I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Suzanne. Well, hello, Suzanne. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Dan. I'm so excited to be here. We are excited to have you. This is a long time coming. I cannot wait for you to educate everybody about focus on what matters. So before we start, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, who you serve, 
and what you do in your business? Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go way back in time because you and I first met, I don't, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years ago. So before About I worked that. for Newport Experience, I used to work for a publishing company. So wedding magazine, bridal show. And um, before I did this, I actually worked with people like you, all these wedding vendors, all these different venues in town, the brides directly, and having this like really good base of knowledge from all of that in the past, I think is serving me now in this role, because it's not just when I talk to clients, it's not just about like this venue and this date and this day, it's all of it. So sometimes I kind of work backwards and ask them, and this is why I love this topic, focusing on what matters most, because for some people, it's the photographer is more important than the entertainment. For some people, it's the cake. They just start talking about cannoli cakes before anything else. So you know, just figuring out what that is and then letting that guide your vision. So I'm really excited about this topic. And um, my my current, I would say my current role is, I mean, technically they call me a sales manager. I don't really, I don't know. I, don't, I never think that I'm selling people on anything. I just like educating them on their options, talking to them about what we can do, what we can't do, what's important for them, what's not important for them, what they like and don't like. And... Um, and the two venues that we have at the Newport Experience that, you know, weddings work so well there, Ocean Cliff and Regatta Place, they're so different. Um, and sometimes people come in thinking they want this one thing, and it turns out that it's something else. So through the process, and that's why going on venue tours and standing in the space is so important after you talk with somebody. I don't know. It's just it's a lot. Um but helping them narrow that focus is is one of my joys and passions. It's amazing. I can't believe you've been doing it for 20 years. Well, I've only been working with the new, I say only, only been working with the Newport Experience since 2014, but that's actually a long time. It really is. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, sometimes I'll be driving to work and it, sometimes it feels like my first day, like I get excited and I love that. I don't want to let go of that. People that know me, they just know I have so much joy and passion for what I do. Um, but not every day, but, but <laughs> it's true. So like, and that's why today's my day off. You have to fill up your cup, right? Exactly. You have to come prepared. You have to come like ready and smiling and ready to help people. And when you don't take time off, you can't give that. So I'm excited to be spending my day off with you. Oh, yay. I'm so flattered. And of course, I'm making you speak of work. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I know. But I love what I do. I talk about work all the time with everybody. I think that's, I think you touched upon something really important, though. Um, you know, when you're in, in the wedding industry that we're in, and there's a lot of weird hours, and, you know, every year is a different year. Every couple is a different couple. You have to really love it. You really do. And, 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 there's, and there's so much joy that's brought to us, you know, from our couples, and then just seeing them. I mean, we're, we're, we're with them, like, we're watching them at the best day of their life. Uh, yeah. So, like, even two weeks ago... Um, I saw Jamie after she got married and the next morning and like, I'm crying. I'm so happy for her. All her journey with COVID and finally like walking down the aisle, like all of this is not the same for me every single moment. And plus, I mean, you know, I'm obsessed with the Hallmark Channel and <laughs> I will watch movies about weddings on my day off too. So, so that you podcast <laughs> and you watch movies about weddings. You're all thing weddings. I know. 
<laughs> so let's dive in. Can you briefly go over the properties that the Newport Experience owns? Sure. So we Ocean Cliff, I would I would say that's our flagship property. A lot of people know that. It's a mansion. It's high up on the cliffs. It overlooks the Narragansett Bay. I mean, it's stunning. I mean, and it's really versatile because you can do weddings any time of the year. Winter weddings work great there because you have a climate-controlled ballroom with this incredible view. Um, summer weddings, obviously, you have this, you know, amazing green lawn that sweeps all the way down to the low, you know, it's just, it's so nice. I mean, a beautiful pergola outside for ceremony on site, or if you're coming from the church, the cool thing is that Ocean Cliff has a restaurant on site, the safari room. So, you know, as I like to tell people, it's nice. You don't have to mill about in the parking lot with nothing to do. Come in, have a drink. So if the couple is out, you know, enjoying photos at multiple locations, and then they come to join their guests for cocktail hour, that gap isn't so extreme. Also, too, there's a hotel. Yeah. So on the second and third floor uh, at Ocean Cliff, there are guest rooms. So it's kind of nice. Not enough for everybody. I mean, this isn't, you know, 400 units. This isn't the Marriott. Um, but I mean, P.S. I love the Marriott. <laughs> they just my, renovated. It's one of too. my favorite brands because <laughs> my husband used to work there. But yeah, anyway. So, but yeah, we have guest rooms. So I always, uh, like one of the planners that I work with, she likes to describe it as staying on campus. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just want the VIPs there, like the couple, their wedding party, maybe their parents and siblings. But sometimes these wedding parties are huge. So I can help them with finding additional places to stay offsite. Again, it's like, how do you want to feel that day? And that's part of my process with them. And then Regatta Place the other venue, it's a little bit different because we developed that property maybe, hmm, maybe like 13, 14 years ago. It's on the docks of the Goat Island Marina. And everything that everybody loved about Ocean Cliff, the the service, the, the menus, the bars, all the inclusions, like the tables, chairs, all that stuff, like you, you don't have to truck all that stuff in. It's there. Um, but it ends up costing a lot less because the overhead expense at Regatta Place Okay, it's not a mansion. It doesn't have an air-conditioned ballroom. It doesn't have 10 acres of landscaping to maintain, right? So um, it's just totally different cost. And um, some people look at it and think it's a tent. It's not. It's a steel-reinforced structure. So if you had any kind of, like, bad weather day, um, the season there is May through October. But if it was, like, windy, rainy, just nasty it's so comfortable inside that tent. And they also provide you with blow-in heaters and clear sides. And as a vendor, you know, you have a lot of space to move around too. You're not just so confined. It's really versatile. So they're both very different. Um, One of the girls that I work with, uh, ladies, sales managers, I know we're not girls, we're older women. Um, But she- Girls. (laughs) She will describe the two venues, and and I think she's right. She's very accurate about this because I get lots of nods to, with, from my couples when I say this, but like Ocean Cliff feels more like Ralph Lauren and Regatta Place has more of that vineyard vines. Absolutely. That, that's exactly what I would say, too. It's two completely different vibes and and also two a little bit of different price points, too. Yes, but that's part of my um, things that I like to talk to clients about. Like, if you love Ocean Cliff, but you love saving money or you have, you know, small budget, big budget, there's something for everybody. 
Exactly. You know, you brought up something earlier a little bit about when you were talking about Ocean Cliff, how it's like the VIPs get to stay there. I can tell you there's been a couple times that Dan and I had been at Ocean Cliff and I be photographing a wedding and I'll see one of like our couples from like the year prior or two years yes. prior and they're and they're staying overnight. Anniversary. Oh, I yes. love that. Yes. I love that. Okay, so when I first started working there, okay, so like seven years ago and then I would do these weddings and then that when I first started seeing these couples come back and then they come back with their kids, I'm like, Oh my God. It just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that long ago. And even this, you know, past weekend I was there and we had somebody walk in they didn't have an appointment and they said we're coming up on our 10th anniversary and we're just looking around I'm like maybe we should have a party I'm like oh okay yes. so now we're planning their 10th anniversary party and they're bringing their kids back and I'm like it's just it's it, I love I, it I love that yeah can you talk to us a little bit about the size capacity and of each venue sure so Ocean Cliff, um, we're only going to do wet- weddings in that ballroom because um, for us, we're in a residential location, so you can't have band or DJ outside. So the ballroom is where we're doing the events, and that capacity is 230. I think 200 is a better fit. And, um, you know, it's funny listening to your past guests on your podcast and some of their tips. They're right on. Um you know, I think what somebody had said, you know, don't invite more guests than the venue's max capacity. So sometimes in the past, I'd talk with people and they're like, okay, it's it's 230. All right. So I'm going to invite 250 and then we'll shake out a 230. I'm like, okay, you can do that. However, let me give you some tips and tricks to cut the list, which that I don't know if that's going to be this show or another show, but like I have my whole list of tips to cut the list. But um I don't know. You want breathing room. Right. I, I mean, I do notice a difference. I have worked a couple of weddings where you guys were at capacity at Ocean Club. It was fine. It was great. Yeah, but we there, can do it. You can do it. But there, there, I, I definitely notice a difference even at 30 people. Because um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll actually ask the head wait staff, I'll be like, how many people are in here right now? And I knew it. They're like 230. I'm like, I just, I just knew it. You could and just you know tell what, a difference. Sarah, too? That was something I remember when um, you had Katie on, Katie McLaughlin. I have to get used to not calling her Katie Ryan, but Katie McLaughlin, right? So when she was on, she was talking about all these questions that you might not think about when you're choosing your venue. But that's one of the questions I like to ask during my tour. What are you thinking about, band or DJ? Because right. if they have 230 people and a band, and they want an enormous dance floor, all of those things aren't going to work. So in that regard, I'll say, if you want the band and you want the big dance floor, my suggestion is use the smaller tables, not -hmm. the bigger ones, Mm -hmm. and let's let's pull that list back a little bit. You know, so there's so many things that we're going to talk about today's show. I mean, you just gave a point right there. I'm sure when there's a will, there's a way, and you always have an answer. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like you just said, use smaller tables. Like, I thought you were about to say uh, cut two tables out. Cut So that means about what, t- eight to ten people per table, cut them out. But no, there's another way. You just use a little bit of smaller tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's. I mean, there's so many different things. Again, like to your point, we could do five shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Regatta Blaze. Regatta Blaze, um, 180 is a comfortable max. So this is a, this is a term that we use frequently there, comfortable max. Could you have 200? Sure. But if it rains and you want a big dance floor and you have a band, it's going to be uncomfortable. So 
let's do 180 because there, if you recall, that space is kind of like a long rectangle. So half your guests on one side, half on the other, and then that center section is the big dance floor. So that works with 180. But um, so this past year with COVID, I mean, we've done 20 person weddings there Mm -hmm. and it fits. The team at both our venues have been doing, you know, right sizing, creating floor plans that work with a couple's guest count. And yes, that ballroom at Ocean Cliff is massive for 20 people, but we do it and it works. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, but it's just, it's whatever you like. Perfect. How many weddings do you do? Or how many weddings do you plan a year? Um, I actually, I am a numbers geek. Before I did this, I went to- Do you really know exactly? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I'm I'm psycho. I love it. How many? I know know my numbers. On average, um, I do about 60 events. Wow. And that's me personally, Suzanne. And um, I'm one of three people, four people on the team right now. And in the past, before COVID, we had a few more people on the team. So this year with COVID, I'm actually excited but scared to say I have 120 events this year. Oh, absolutely. Me, Suzanne. That's crazy. And it's not just weddings. It's it's everything. It's um, weddings, rehearsal dinners, welcome parties, post-wedding brunches, baby showers, bridal showers, corporate events. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I think that people need to understand that, yes, last year was a crazy year, but this year's crazy, too. It's like the reverse. It's like you couldn't stop people from falling in love and getting married, so now everybody's doing it this year. It's We're all at capacity. Everybody. Every venue. It's exciting, but you know what? For us, I feel like, number one, we never stopped, except for the government-mandated shutdown. Yes, we stopped. But as soon as we could open those doors... We um, started doing event like I had a couple in June and they're already married. They already have kids. She lost her dad the year before. She's not moving her date. She's like, I don't care if it's 20 people. Let's do it. So we did that for her. And every single one of our clients was so different. So if they wanted to get married, we helped them with options. They walked down the aisle. If they didn't want to do it this year, we gave them options for the following year. And everyone's so different. So, And that's just what, what I love about planning because, you know, even during the midst of COVID last year, we're in a pandemic and I had people calling me and they're like, we want to book a date. Like yeah. there's no pandemic. They were just so excited because they're focusing for them on that special day. They have something to look forward to. And now all their friends and family have something really fun and positive to look forward to. It's cool. Yeah, Dan and I, we were working, we were one of the fortunate ones. I mean, as as a photographer, you can photograph a wedding with five people, you can photograph a wedding with 500 people. So we were working right through the pandemic also last year. I mean, I remember when we were actually on the shutdown and you could only drive to and from work. And we did a wedding, uh, it was me, the, the justice of the peace and the couple they just said, I just want to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just very interesting. It was, it was a lot of uniqueness last year. And I'm wondering what's going to follow through for the unique this year. So with that said, is there a wedding that stands out to you? I mean, granted, this is a completely loaded question. And I'm sure there's so many weddings that do. But for the listeners, is there something that really stands out and why? Hmm. For me, for me, I think it's always the family dynamic. Um, 
when people really want to incorporate their children because sometimes couples young it's not even second marriages i mean this day you can have a child Mm -hmm. before you're married that's allowed so i see them with their families um i don't know you know what last year oh okay uh I feel bad. Like, I don't want to be like, this one was amazing. And then everybody else is like, mm. like I said, it's a loaded question. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of things that stand out, but what's just one thing that just is like, just comes to mind. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. I, I, I do love kids at weddings and, you know, um, Amy and Joe, um, got married with us in 2020 and they were actually supposed to get married in 2019, um, they had a little baby boy, adorable, um, because I stalk her on Instagram. So I'm like, 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 like all the pictures. And um, then they were supposed to get married in June. And she's like, listen, I've waited this long. I pushed it off. I don't want to reduce the size. Um, let's move it. So she moved it to a date in September 2020. And that family, they partied. Um, they had, they just had so much fun and the kids were running around. They were excited. Her mom was there. I mean, throughout the entire planning process, they just really were like, you know, we already have a family and we want to celebrate that with everybody. So for me, couples like Amy and Joe that just focus on that aspect. Yeah. I don't know. The unity of family just kind of gets you. It sounds like always. Yeah. Always. I love it. I, I cry right now talking about it. I love it. Well, I am so excited that you're here. And there's so much that we could talk about when it comes to helping couples plan their perfect day. But let's focus on what matters most now. How do couples figure out what's important to them? Easy. <laughs> it actually, oh, I know. Really? Yeah, I don't know it's about really that. Easy. It's really easy. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I don't know that I'd never formalized this and calling it the five W's, but as you and I were talking on the phone and I was, you know, la, 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 talking about everything, it just kind of like, it kind of came together. I'm like, I do have this process. I do have this connection. When I talk to people, I'll tell them, let's talk for 10 minutes on the phone before you even come in for a site tour, just so I can kind of nail down. And it's, it kind of is natural, but it goes, I think it goes back to my publishing days, you know, um, so wait, I, you you're telling me that you've never like you never came up with the name the five W's. No, this, this wow. Well, yeah, well, thanks, Pot. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Dan's my guess. Yeah, I mean, can, no, this is great. I mean, we have a whole episode about the five W's. I mean, now you have a process. Well, I've always had a process like just <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I go into automatic pilot when I'm talking with people. The first thing that gets me excited is, you know, their engagement and hearing about their story and how new is it. Um, sometimes if they tell me that they, you know, they were engaged last year, then I know, okay, well, this couple isn't, you know, jumping the gun on anything. They like to let it settle in and take their time. And then other people are like, we got engaged yesterday, and my friends tell me I have to hurry up and pick a venue. I'm like, okay, they're going to quickly make a decision. So guiding them through this, I think, really makes sense. So one of the first things I like to talk about is their guest count. And I ask them, like, what do you think the max max invited is? Because, you know, we all know there's a drop off between invited and expected. And sometimes, you know, talking to a couple about they have a 300 person guest list, well, we're not the right fit for them. 
So I don't just say goodbye. I actually refer them to go work with other people that I know can fit with them. So you're saying one of the first ones is for the five W's. Well, actually, this is a good point. What are your five W's? And then let's kind of go into them. Okay. So the first one is guest count. Who's coming to the wedding? So the who? The second is what are your top must-haves, the non-negotiables? That's the what. What is the the most important? Yep. And then the next one is, you know, when? Is it the season that you're focused on? Is it a day wedding versus a night wedding? Midweek versus weekend? Um, Next, I would say number four, that's the where. Do you want to have this close to home or do you want to make it a destination? I, our properties are focused in Newport, so for a lot of people it's a destination, but I do talk to a lot of Rhode Islanders. Um, I would say that that's close to home. Um, and then the last one, the five, is the why or the how. So how do you want to feel that day? Um, and I think just you know guiding them through that very quickly, believe it or not, it allows them to help make decisions on, you know, is this venue or that vendor or this cake or whatever, what's the most important thing? So for our listeners, what I'll do is I'll post your five W's. I'm going to call them the Suzanne five W's now (laughs) on our show notes. So just to recap them before we kind of dive into each one, it's number one is the who, two is the what, three is the when, four is the where, and five is the why. So let's go right into it with some helpful, insightful tips on the process of the five of Suzanne's five W's for our <laughs> listeners. So let's get into the who, the guest count. Explain to us what that is. Sure. So this is my passion. I love cutting the list. People that talk to me, um, you can call me tomorrow and I would pretty much tell you the exact same thing. I just love cutting the list. Um, for my wedding th- 13 years ago, I got my list down to 120 invited and we had 96 that actually came. I don't know why I remember that number, 96. Because you're really weird. good at numbers. <laughs> it's weird. I know. I have a background in like statistical marketing and all that boring stuff, but I just, I do. I love numbers. Um, and And I share with them like, I get it. It's hard. You want everybody there and you have all these expectations and you have family. And my my family, like we're I'm not from Rhode Island. I'm from New Jersey and we have big 300 person weddings. Um, My cousin's wedding, Maria um, and Joey, they just got married. Oh, that was right before the pandemic. That was like that last like normal wedding, quote unquote, that I went to. And that was that 300 person wedding. They had the dance on the cloud. They had the 14 stations and the big bar. And they were giving me champagne before the ceremony. I mean, it was beautiful. And I cried when she walked down the aisle and it was, and we danced all night. But like, that's a typical family wedding for me with those 300 person guest counts. I didn't want that. I wanted to surround myself with the people that mattered the most. And when I say that, I don't mean that the other people not getting invited don't matter. I need to be very clear about this because it's hard to not invite family. So like my family from Italy, except for my grandfather at the time, none of the other aunts, uncles, cousins, they didn't get invited. My family from Canada that we are close with, did not get invited. I focused on who's around the Christmas tree. Those people are getting an invite. So for me, that's like 30 people. So they're on the list. And then with 
I mean, God, I can go through this. So you, Do you want to get detailed? So, so, so you basically can help your couples yeah. cut down on their guest list. So, you know, yeah, why don't we do that? Because why, before we get into the step two and step, well, not step, sorry, your, um, you know, number five, number two and number three, why don't we kind of get into um, the guest list? Like how can you cut down your guest list? How can you get from 200 to 50? From two, oh, from 200 to 50. Well, this one's easy. Um, this one, I know, you're like, what? Dan's laughing. It actually is. So back, remember when we were in that quarantine shutdown? Everybody remembers that. Oh, yes. How lovely that was. Thank there God it was, was last year. There was this comedian I saw, I don't know, it was like on the Trevor Noah show or something, and uh, they had him on around week five, and he's like, oh, I rate as like a five-week friend. You didn't check in with me at the second week to see how I was doing. And I thought about that, and I was like, that's genius. Go back into your phone at, you know, go back to your birthday. Go back to your anniversary. It doesn't have to, we don't have to talk about COVID anymore. But, like, go back to some important moment in your life. Who did you reach out to and who reached out to you? Those are the people that matter the most. And again, I'm not saying that like your second cousins don't matter, but like who's there for you? Um, sometimes when I talk to people about really cutting that list down, I'll, I'll mention like you could fly down to Mexico on a Tuesday morning and get married at sunrise. You know who's going to be on that plane and say yes to you. You just know. And everybody else, they like you, but they don't Tuesday morning at sunrise in Mexico like you. So just... Don't be afraid to make a short list because at the end of the day, um, you don't want to be surrounded by people making small talk on your wedding and the day goes by so fast. So my goal when I cut the list is really just to help people save money and also maximize their time on their day because it really does go by really fast. So, Suzanne, we talked a little bit about your number one of the five W's, the who. And we'll circle back around a little bit later on a little bit more of about exactly how people can cut down their guest list. But we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back to your number two of the five W's, the what. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcast. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. All right, so welcome back, podcast friends. We're here with Suzanne, and we are talking about her five W's. With that said, we went over the who. So number two is the what. So Suzanne, tell us a little bit about the number two, the what. So... I sometimes I talk about this on the phone with clients before we even meet, and sometimes it's in person. But um, I like to get them thinking about the parties or the weddings they've been to in the past and what stood out to them as something that was really fun and memorable and the other things that stood out to them that they didn't really like. And getting them talking about those past experiences for them 
sometimes immediately they'll say, okay, well, the first thing that's important to me is I want to have an open bar. Like I went to a wedding, so whatever. So like, okay, open bar. Other people, it's water views. Other people, it's, um, you know, hotel room on site because they don't want to be shuttled around. So they might want everything on site, like ceremony, hotel rooms, rehearsals, like all of that. Okay. And so um, really what you're saying is the what is like kind of your non-negotiables. Exactly. Got it. And going back to that, as we start going deeper into the process, when something comes up, I might remind them, well, you said that you wanted to make sure that you had really good flow. So in my opinion, that thing that you're thinking of might be disjointed, like I've had people tell me, so this is good for you, Sarah, like I've had people tell me, okay, well, I don't want to miss cocktail hour, but I don't want to do a first look. So could we do the ceremony, but then take a break so we can do photos and then do cocktail hour later? And I'm like, well, I guess you could do that. But I think as a guest, that's going to be awkward and awful because now we just have to sit around and wait on site with nothing to do. Absolutely. I mean, cocktail hour was invented as a way to entertain guests while the couple was taking pictures. So when they say that, I hear, okay, so it sounds like you want both. Why don't we just do a 90-minute cocktail hour? Why don't you talk to your photographer about taking pictures with you and your family and your wedding party so that way during cocktail hour, maybe it's just a couple of group shots of the wedding party, all your couple shots because – um, sometimes I feel, and I got this from you years ago too, like a good photographer can do all of that in 60 minutes, 20 for the couple, 20 minutes for the bridal party, 20 minutes for family. That's your 60. So be smart about how you're going to use that time. So, and then do a 90 minute cocktail hour. So those are things. I'm glad I, that you, yeah, no, that's literally what I say. Yeah. I say 20 minutes for the family because it's 10 on, 10 on one side, mm-hmm. 10 on the other. 20 with a bridal party. That's what a minimum that we yeah. need. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel you know, like, I also want to yeah. tell you something, too. It's funny because as I'm listening to you, I'm realizing why you're so good at what you do. <laughs> because, I mean, I, 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 you listen to people. Yeah. You listen yeah. and, you, and, you, and, you, and you just have a solution. That's all it is. And with our company, like, we don't have a price sheet. So, so people are constantly like, I don't want to talk on the phone. Just send me the pricing. And I'm like... I can do that, but you're probably not going to book here because you're focused on this one thing that you think you want. I want to find out what you really want, and then I can craft that experience for you. So um, when they have this list of, you know, this one, okay, band, maybe they're like, oh, I definitely want a band. Okay, great. Then again, when I'm talking to them about guest count, I'm like, well, are you going to have a band and 300 people? Like, how does this all work? So when you said the band is the most important thing, then I can help you kind of pull back on the other things that are not so important. Um, So yeah, having that list. And then they'll also tell me things about weddings that they went to or parties. Sometimes I meet with people that have never been to a wedding before. They've never been to a wedding. They don't know how to start planning. They don't know what they should be doing. And I really like to remind them This wedding should be a reflection of you. And really, it's just about your vows and who you want to witness those. So it's a modern day. 
You can let it be a reflection of what's important for you. You don't have to toss a garter and toss your bouquet. I didn't toss my bouquet because I spent a lot of money on those flowers. (laughs) And (laughs) also it was all my cousins. I didn't want like, you know, like one cousin putting a garter up another cousin's leg. So that was not interesting to me at all. So we didn't do that. So really just think about what you really want and what you don't want and then um, let that guide you. So great. So we talked about the who, the guest count. We talked about the what, like the top, the top five non-negotiables. The third you said was something about when. So what is the when? So sometimes I talk with clients and they say, oh, I'm really flexible. I can do any time in July on a Saturday. Like, well. That's only four days. (laughs) Technically, you're not not that flexible, but that's great that you think you are. Um, So I'll start off by talking to them about that one thing that they wanted. But if they say they're really flexible, they can do anything, their goal is to stay on this particular budget. I'm like, aha, perfect. Now that I know your budget, here are my top suggestions for you with your guest count and the things that you said that were important, having a band, having an open bar. So that way we can get you spending the least amount with me, believe it or not. I actually do love it when they spend the least amount with me so that they can get everything else they want for their wedding. They don't have to make sacrifices on everything. So season, um, winter, spring, summer, fall. Like some people, like me, I don't like to be cold. I just don't like it. I'm definitely a summer person. These warmer days are just so appealing to me. So for me, I'm a summer person. Um, But other people, again, like, I don't like to be too hot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's look at April or let's look at October or November because those are really, you know, temperate months. Um, And then day versus night. So, you know, at Ocean Cliff, we're in a really, we're in a really unique position because the way that in the summer months and sunsets so much later, we don't do two weddings at the same time, but we can do a morning wedding followed by an evening wedding, or we can do what's called exclusive. So they can choose to pay a little bit more, and then they're the only wedding on a Saturday or a Sunday, and that gives them the flexibility to do first-look photos, to have extensive decor come in, to just have a little bit more breathing room that day. Some people, you know, just they know they want a nighttime wedding. They want that party with the big open bar and all of that, so that's fine. And then other people are like, um, like, oh, Christina and Matt. So th- this is one of the first couples that I worked with. Um, and they came in. They had the daytime wedding. When she came back for her anniversary, she was like, I hope you're telling everyone to have a daytime wedding. They're the best. I'm like, well, tell me why you think that was the best for you. She said, I could wake up and walk down the aisle. I wasn't sitting wow. yeah. secluded away from everybody. I wanted the party to start as soon as I got out of bed that morning. And all the weddings I've been to since then, I feel like we're just sitting around. Like, we're like, when is it going to start? So for her and that feeling, that was the best fit for her. And what we do, like at Ocean Cliff, when I do the daytime wedding, because they're not for everybody, but for some people, they're like, I love this view. Perfect. The sun's not going to set until your wedding's over. The other thing that's really cool for people that definitely want to do first look excuse me, not do first look photos. They want to be traditional. Well, now you're not chasing daylight. You don't have to rush the photos. You have the entire duration of your event to spend with your photographer. So it'll be a lot more, it'll be a lot more, I don't know, like at your own pace. I know you know this. We have this antique yacht. It's called the Schooner Aurora. Yes, I love it. I love the boat. 
out. So if it's 68 people, so the morning you're done at like three or four in the afternoon, take the boat out, mm-hmm. extend the day. And then when you're done after sunset, now you're downtown, go into around three, go to your favorite bar, just like keep it going. So sometimes those daytime weddings are a great fit. So day versus night, that's the win. And then midweek versus weekend. So at our venues, even before COVID, um, I can't wait to stop talking about COVID. Even before COVID, we would do a ton of midweek weddings. Thursdays are by far, I think, the more popular. Now Mondays are starting to trend um, because- The long weekend. You can make it a long weekend too. I mean, at least at least with my couples, a lot of times the ones because we've been doing a lot of Thursdays, a lot of Mondays, and they're just making a weekend of it. Yeah. So even go back to that first one, the who. If you have a really big guest count, midweek could be a really good solution to cut that list a little bit more. Years ago, I was working with a couple, and she told me the one band that she wanted to book was the Sugar Babies, and she loved them. Um, you know, they cost a little bit more than a regular band for a Saturday night, and she had the dates and the pricing, but that was one of her non-negotiables. So she also had a guest count. I think it was like 260. So as I'm running the numbers with her on a Saturday night, she's like, that's getting up there. Yeah. She's like, this isn't going to work. And I'm like, what's your goal for budget? So we talked about that. And I said, call them back. Ask them what the rate is for a Thursday. She did. She's like blown away at how much lower price they were Saturday versus Thursday. And then I'm like, Yep. So she saved a ton with me. She probably saved about $40,000 with me from moving it from a weekend to a midweek. Next, that guest count, it went from like 260 down to like 180. Still a lot of people and it was still fun, but she could afford to have every single thing she she wanted. wanted. Every single thing she wanted. And it's funny, too, because some of the Thursday nights that I do, I see them get picked up in magazines. Oh, absolutely. The magazines, they don't care what day of the week it is. They see beautiful photography, beautiful flowers, a smiling, happy couple. That's what they're choosing. So, um, yeah. Uh, one, one of the, it's funny you say that. One of the couples that I run quite a bit, I find that... You know, I'm using that Dan and I shot um, often, you know, maybe on the displays in my studio or maybe on my website happens to be an Ocean Cliff Thursday night couple. Mm-hmm. And um, it had a lot to do with, I mean, A, they're just, they're absolutely stunning and their love story is great, but it also had a lot to do with what they were able to do to their wedding because they had it on a Thursday night. Yeah. Sometimes the biggest objection that I get about midweek is, oh, I feel bad and I don't want people to have to take time off work. And like, I get that, but you know what? It's, it's Newport. It's a vacation wonderland. There's so much to do. Hotels are priced so much lower. Mm-hmm. You get a lot less traffic. You pretty much have your choice of rehearsal dinners downtown on like a Wednesday. You can own the town. And I will just say this. This is one thing I will say. Thank you, COVID. We pretty much all proved that we can work from home and work remotely so long as we have a Wi-Fi. So if somebody wants to come to your wedding, they're going to come to the wedding. They're going to figure it out. They'll figure it out. Exactly. So we talked about the when. So now number four, you said the where. What's the where? 
yeah, close to home or destination. Sometimes I feel like, you know, Rhode Island's a destination and even Newport more so because there's so much to do and there's a lot of options for accommodations and weekend activities. It be, it It's like way more than one day. It can become a weekend or you know, for a, a full week. I mean, you can rent a house in Middletown and then just like, you know, craft this experience however you wish. Um, when I'm talking with couples that don't live close. Like a lot of them are coming up from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and they can make a day trip out of it for sure. Um, But my advice is to plan a two-night stay here and check out different restaurants and attractions and think about that wedding weekend um, beyond just the day with me. Uh, Because I think when you do that, it just opens your mind up to so many more possibilities. And again, it won't feel rushed. You can extend all of that time with everybody. As I start diving into this, there are some couples that will look at everything and the total budget and they'll say, this is not for me. And they end up staying close to home. And that's okay. Because your job right now when you're figuring out the where is to value all of those decisions. And And the answer will become very clear as you're putting all these pieces together. Absolutely. I mean, especially, too, like you said, one of the things that, you know, Newport, let alone Rhode Island, has to offer is there's such a variety. There's vineyards, breweries, hiking trails, boats, mansion tours. But if they don't value that or if 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 it's not in the budget, they might just want to stay close to home. And um, because that's part of the whole experience, you know, hence... Newport experience. The Newport experience. Yeah. And you know, you know this too, because we're so lucky. We have such an awesome network of people in the hospitality industry when um, when they tell me like, oh, they're going to check out, you know, a different venue. I'm like, oh, I love it there. Mm-hmm. Who are you meeting with? I love them because there's no bad place to get married in Rhode Island. There's no one I'd be like, oh, you're going there? Like, no, I mean, just we excel at hospitality and and everybody just wants to help each other. So you you have to go stand in the space and see how you feel. You have to connect with the people that are going to be with you and planning this experience with you. That's a great point because, I mean, honestly, I'm sure – this people are looking at your venue versus other venues. I mean, of course, they're going to do their homework. And there is a venue for everybody. And they're all going to book. I mean, that we are we live in kind of the mecca of weddings. It's right here in Little Roadie. So it is very important to kind of just step into that space. And, and you, they'll know. They'll know. And, and if they don't know, they have to use these five W's. I know. <laughs> so the final five W is the Y. Yeah, so I have to say this is not this is this is totally stolen from um, my my good friends, um, and it's a it's a mashup between my friend Victoria McCoy and Andrea McHugh, um, who we who we are, had Andrea on our show. I love her. <laughs> so when I Andrea and I actually used to work together um, years ago, and when I was engaged, of course I was peppering her because she had you know gotten married, and we work and we have a wedding magazine. And I was peppering her with all these. What about this? What about this? What about this? And she said, "How do you want to feel?" I was like, "What a weird question." And what do you mean? How do I want to feel? She was like, "How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel on your wedding day?" And I really gave that a lot of thought, and no one had asked me that because I just felt like. Okay, I got the ring. Now we have to like pick a date. We have to pick a venue. We have to, and I was like, 
but how do I want to feel? And for me, I wanted to feel surrounded by my family. I really did. I wanted to make it a family experience. My husband would have been fine, like eloping. Like he would have been fine. I would have been devastated. Just thinking about not having like my mom there would have like, I would have burst into tears. So for me, that was it. It was, I really wanted to focus on my family and having them there. Um, And then my other girl from Victoria said to me, um, and this is regarding her wedding plans, which I thought was brilliant. We had so much fun at her wedding. She actually got married at Newport Art Museum, which is, I love Mm -hmm. Newport Art Museum. And I can tell you the many, I, I just remember so many details about that wedding, but for her, um, she said, let your wedding day be a reflection of how you want your marriage to be. And and I was like, oh, that's genius, too, because now that I'm working with couples and I can see it and I, I, I bite my tongue. But when, you know, moms come to visit, sometimes they have very strong opinions and I can see the the couple getting swallowed up sometimes because you know, parents are paying for it or I don't know, just so many different reasons. But um, I've come to find out that some moms back in the day, they didn't get a chance to plan their weddings. Their weddings were planned for them. And they express that to me. They tell me like, this is so different. You know, when I got engaged, my mom just planned everything and I showed up. And I'll ask them, how did that make you feel? And she's, usually they're like, well, I don't know. It was just, that's how it was done. And I said, well, that's so nice that you're, you know, working with your daughter to let her craft this experience for her. And I try to like do that and encourage both mom and daughter to just, and God bless if they still have the ability to have their mom and daughter with them, because that's also sensitive too. But I don't know. I just feel like these couples have an opportunity to start the wedding planning and set the tone for their marriage because down the road and you know this Sarah because you've got kids down the road you're gonna have so many opinions coming in from family members about everything your house where you should buy your house how you should clean your house your kids how you should raise your kids where they should go to school and if you want your wedding day to be ruled by other people's opinions and decisions then release control and let those people tell you what they think you should do on your wedding day. But I think if you want to pull that back and have control over your wedding day and your marriage, just accept everyone's advice and um, smile graciously and say, "That's I never thought about that. Thank you so much. And then go do whatever you wanted to do or anyway. Ha- or, like, or, like, <laughs> or like you said, go just really go back. I think that's a great p- bit of advice and just say, how do you want to feel and what is important to you? Yeah, I'm big into watch out for the should and have to advice. Those are like red flags for me. When people lead off sentences, you should do this or you have to do this. Immediately, my antennas go up and I'm like, Thank you. That's that's a really great idea. Yeah, I'll definitely consider that. That's I'd never thought about that. And then go do whatever you want to do anyway. I love it. I love I love the fact that you you brought you like broke down the focus on what matters into the five W's. I love it. It's so That's it. clever. It's easy. It's easy. It's five. It's easy. Done. Go get married. 
So earlier, before we took our break, we were kind of talking about the five W's and one of them being the who. And we were talking about basically was guest count and how to cut down your guest count. Can you go in a little bit more detail about that and how people can narrow down their guest count? Absolutely. So I'll rattle them off super quick and then I can give you a couple more details because as soon as I start to say this, I usually see a look in my couple's eyes like, I can't do that. But then I tell them, yes, you can. So number one, no work friends. Number two, nobody you haven't met. Number three, no automatic plus ones. So Dan, the no ring, no bring. We're going to talk about that. Um, Number four, family. Yep. You can cut some family members. I will help you with this, and they will still talk to you. And the last one is parents invited guests. This is a tough one, but I'm going to make this easy for you. I have lots of solutions. So those are my five. Awesome. All right. So let's dive in. Number one, no work friends. No work friends. So you're with them all day long. So naturally, you would feel closer to them, but there's always somebody that thinks they're closer to you, and they don't get invited. And sometimes things get weird. They'll get a promotion above you. And you're like, why are they being weird to me? Because you didn't invite them to your wedding. (laughs) And so there's also, I don't know, I think this is an old school back in the day, like you have to invite your boss. No, you don't. You don't have to invite your boss. Now, P.S., this rule does not work for some people. Like if you own a family business, you don't even have to take ownership of the fact that, you know, you're making the decision to not have them come. You can blame it on your parents. And you can always say, you know what? My mom wanted us to have a family-focused wedding. And she asked us to um, not invite work friends. So now you can just take that away. So it's not even you if you're getting the stink eye at work, because who can argue with that? Um, So I always like to to shift that away if you can. Um, And sometimes people will tell me like, oh, well, it's only two people and on my side, and it's only three people on on my fiance's side. That's great. It's only five people. But with a plus one, now you're up to 10. That's a whole table. It's a whole table. So my, my tips really are calculated to not go in and cut you like, you know, 100 people here and 100 people here. It's just chipping away a little bit. And I don't love an A and a B list. Just move these people to the side so that you can look at your new fresh list and see how that feels. Because if just it's so much more money that you're going to save and the time. So, okay, that's the solution. And also, you can, too, tell you them, can always tell them that, you know, you meet up for after work for cocktails or celebrate after the honeymoon. Absolutely. And then guess what? They're probably going to buy you drinks. Ooh, fun. Not the other way around. So that's your number one is no work friends. What's your other tip that you have for people for cutting the guest list? So I like to say nobody that you haven't met. I mean, you really don't have time for small talk on your wedding day. And and to be honest, I think it's kind of selfish for somebody that doesn't know you to take up your time on your wedding day. I mean, if they're that important to come witness your forever vows, why haven't you met them yet? I mean, if you're not going to make time to spend with them before the wedding, do you really think you're going to spend time with them after the wedding? I mean, it's not going to happen. Um, and this, this honestly, this comes to play a lot with parents' friends, which I'll, I'll get to afterwards, too, because they're like, oh, but my – and then I'm like, okay. I mean, it's just – it's a lot. So 
my my solution is this. And this happened with um, with my own personal experience. My husband grew up in a town. We still live in this town. He has lifelong friends that he's known before we were together, and he was invited to their weddings. And as we're looking at the list, and I'm looking at these addresses, and some of these people live down the street. I'm like, who is this? Well, I was invited to their wedding, and I feel the need to reciprocate. I get that. But like before the invitations go out, can you set up a date night? Can we meet them? And if not, I totally support that, but they're not getting an invite. That's a great solution. It's like you said, if there is somebody on the list that you haven't met, and it's kind of a must-have maybe to somebody else, like your fiancé, then yeah. you know what? Like you said, set up a time just to meet them. That's yeah. it. And sometimes if I'm meeting with people, too, I'll let them know, like, think about these people. Like, would you invite them to your home and cook a meal for them? Yeah. If the answer is no, why are they coming to witness your vows? Not coming to your wedding to celebrate and have a fun time and drink and eat. And what, why are they coming to witness your vows? That's like, a- I'm going to say something really important to you. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. I'm going to make a pledge to you. Who are these randoms? <laughs> well, if you I have mean them, it. I, I, hey, but if you <laughs> have them for dinner that one time, they're not a random anymore. They're not a random. We know each other. We shared some wine. Now they're not a random. They're a friend. Well, when we were on the phone chit-chatting about the show, you brought up uh, a saying that just kind of stuck with me and I kind of liked it. It was that uh, no ring, no bring. Yeah. So explain <laughs> your number three. Okay, I did not invent no ring, no bring. This has been around. You can Google it. I'm sure there's T-shirts and memes and Etsy galore on no ring, no bring. But... Um, my, <laughs> my philosophy is no automatic plus ones. And the, the ladies that I work with in the, you know, the office, we have differing opinions on this and that's okay. And you don't have to agree with any of these things that I'm saying too. They're just ideas for you. But I only say this because I've witnessed, you know, people in the parking lot, you know, why didn't you bring me? I don't know anyone. You're ignoring me. I'm bored. I want to go like save your single friends from this. Save them from the drama. And save your pocketbook from the drama too. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's not it's not worth it. So here's the solution. If if they're in a committed relationship, obviously extend the invite to that person. And and the Varying degrees of how you're going to define committed relationship. I mean, I think there's a lot of um, like Katie McLaughlin's tips as a wedding planner. She had a whole list of, you know, how to define that. So there's so many resources out there and you can figure out what, again, what's important to you. Focus on what matters. So you define that for yourself. But um and then those invitations go out and somebody didn't get a plus one and they call you and they can be like, hey, man, you know, I really like this girl. Things are, you know, she's the one. Can I bring her to the wedding? You can make a decision judiciously as you're going through this, but you don't have to automatically give everyone a plus one. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, like you said, you can take or leave the advice, but it is it is something to be said that, I mean, you said that the saying's not yours, it's out there. There's something to be said that it's not expected that you have to always have a plus one. No, no. no. All right. So number four. Family. This is a big deal for me because, like I said, family is really important to me and I have a huge family. Um, So maybe just consider the members that I I like to say that are around the Christmas tree every year. So, um, I mean, my family travels. I mean, my we went down from Rhode Island down to Virginia Beach for my um, my sister. 
yeah, she's my sister-in-law now. She's like future sister-in-law. Yeah. She's my sister-in-law for her um, for her bridal shower. And I mean, they were like, "Wow, you came all the way from Rhode Island!" Like, yes, because family is important to me. Um, but that's my brother. I don't know if I would like fly up to Canada for my second cousin's bridal shower. Right. So um, think about you know aunts, uncles, cousins. I mean, again, I think there's a lot of people that you might feel like, oh, I'm going to hurt their feelings. You could do 21 plus to, you know, weed out some of the little kids. I mean, that's an option for you. But I think the solution is tell extended family that you really want to have a small, intimate wedding. And this is a fib that I counsel my clients on to use all the time. So if you're listening to this and somebody fibbed and used this on you, I'm sorry that you didn't get an invitation to the wedding, but I do like to tell them to say, you know, I fell in love with a venue. It has a max capacity. I love you very much. I know you'll understand. Well, wait a minute. They they do have max capacities. We did talk about that in the beginning of the show. So maybe it wasn't a complete fib. Maybe not. Well, it's just a guest cut fib. (laughs) Listen, I mean, we're in Rhode Island. We all know the last name Cardi. At the time, I had a friend, Cardi. I was not invited to her wedding because she has a big Cardi family. So was I offended? No. Are we still friends? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So don't feel like not getting an invite is going to ruin a friendship. If your friendship can't survive that, then there, there's something there. Well, then they should have been at the wedding. And so same thing with family. You know, like, come on. If Right. Well, you know, speaking of family, you did say earlier something about – uh, parents inviting their their guests. So that's your number five. Let's touch upon that. Yeah, this is a tough one because they've, listen, they've had these lifelong friendships. They Maybe they've lived in a neighborhood their whole life where they're really close with their neighbors and they've been invited to their friends' kids' weddings and they are really feeling a strong need to reciprocate that or um, you know, dad's friends at the golf club and they they go golfing every weekend and they talk about this wedding and it's like they they want to share their, you know, joy with their friends. I get that. That's not lost on me. But um, again, I will go back to how do you want to feel on your wedding day? Like, you know, my mom's my best friend. She walked me down the aisle. So for us, I asked her, I'm like, listen, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a selfish to quote Alexis Rose. I'm going to take a selfish here and I'm going to ask you, um, listen, you've got one table. It seats 10. Can you sit at that table, fill it up with your friends, but then stop because I want to spend the most time with you that day. I don't want to miss out on moments with you. I want to take pictures with you. I want to have cocktails with you. I want to dance with you. And I feel that if you're if you're playing mayor around the room with all of your friends and your family, that you and I are going to miss out on moments together. And people say this day goes by really quickly. I want to ensure that you and I are going to spend time together. And also my now husband. Yes, I did want to spend time with him too. But you know what I mean? Like, I think... Um, That's a great solution. Talking to your parents about how you want to feel cuts through the um, we can't afford to have those people there because guess what? They're going to find the money. Oh, well, here's an extra $5,000 so I can invite my friends. No, but it's this great solution. You want to spend time with your family. You want to spend time with your with, with your. Um, your immediate family, if they are hosting, because that's what's gonna it's gonna turn into, because it's their friends. Yeah, they're hosting their friends. It takes away from your moment and what's important to you. 
So I guess the solution would be, and I and I tell parents this, that sometimes I think it's easier when I say these things in person to parents or on the phone because then, you know, the couple's not the bad guy telling their mom and dad, like, I don't want your friends there. So I will literally look at them and say, think about hosting a party at your house for all of your friends and then have your son or daughter there and tell your friends, please don't bring gifts. We just want to share the experience with all of our friends and share this with them. Um, but they, and again, turn it around on them and say they fell in love with the venue. It has a max capacity. We love you very much. I know you'll understand. So that those friends don't have hurt feelings, but they still get to share in the joy of this experience. And guess what? Now you get another party out of it. You know, let me tell you something. You are a woman of advice and solutions. I love it. <laughs> so I got a question for you. With COVID in our rearview mirror and having to have to, I mean, it wasn't even like a choice. You mm-hmm. have to cut down the guest list. I'm sure there's some bonus tips that you picked up along the way that you can give to our listeners about uh, taking the advice of h- how you do this. Yeah. So I, sh- I shared that little fun comedic, you know, quip of like, oh, I, I was a five week friend. I didn't rate as a two week friend checking in with me. Uh, but there's a lot of truth in that. I mean, there really is. Think about when you got engaged. Who did you call and tell right away? Those people are obviously coming to the wedding. I mean, when you get sick, who do you call? When you're excited about a new job that you just got, who do you call? Who are those top people that are sharing in that joy? And when something happens to you, who are those top people that reach out to you? I mean, you know, okay, let's go back to COVID. When you when you got I didn't get COVID, but like if there was somebody that I knew that got sick with that, I was checking in with them. Right. I was checking in with them. I, if I, like, you know, when things happen in our lives where somebody says, like, you know, if you need anything, let me know, but do they really follow up with that? So those people that are in your life caring about you, those are the people that are coming to your, like, cut down, small list wedding. You know, it's... Because they it, proved it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something to be said. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience in reflection of last year, one of the things I started to notice is I started to really figure out some of my like closest friends. Yeah. And and I obviously I have my core of close friends, but there was certain people that started to pop up mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, they're closer to me than I even knew. You know, because we weren't able to see people. So I would spend time talking with them on the phone. Or when we were able to see you know, minimum people, I would spend time with them. I'm like, wow, it, it was just it was just interesting that you do start to realize there's just certain people that are in your life that are very important, and obviously you have that core group. And then there's some people that you don't even realize how important, how yeah. often you talk to them. So that is a great piece of advice. Go back down to like the, the comedian said, you know, the uh, the 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 two week, right? Yeah, they said two week. And so back way back in the quarantine days, which I never want to go back to again. <laughs> um, but I was talking with one of my brides and. She said something and it made me feel sad, but she had a bright spin on it. She's like, you know, I I had a really big bridal party and a few of them haven't even reached out to see how I'm doing, knowing that my wedding's coming up. She's like, it really hurt my feelings. But then I started refocusing. And I'm thinking, if I got to cut this list and I got to stay on my date, maybe I just do away with the bridal party and I just have my maid of honor stand up with me. 
Mm-hmm. And and we really tighten it up. And she's like, no, she's like, I know that they don't, I know that they care about me. But um, everybody's in their own worlds right now. And right. if I have to make these important decisions, they just helped me. They helped me make that decision to cut the list. Yeah, it was a very eye-opening experience, I think, um, our last year. But also, too, you, you can kind of take that advice into this year, in the following year, even if even if COVID hasn't affected your wedding, which, uh, like you said, I, I don't want to keep saying the word COVID, but there are tools that people have learned along the way to now you can use for the rest of, of wedding planning history. And the big one is, I would say, stay on your date. Whatever you thought your wedding was going to be, it never would have been that way anyway, because we all know, because we do so many weddings than these brides, they're doing one. Mm-hmm. We've done hundreds. There's no such thing as a perfect day. Tons of perfect moments, yes. Never any such thing as a perfect day. So all the stuff that you can't do or you think you can't do or this is going to be different or this is not how I imagined it or rain or whatever, just go with it. Just know I'm saying my vows with the people that matter the most witnessing that and walk down the aisle. I'm so, so happy you brought that up because even prior to the pandemic, We've seen so much. I've seen hurricanes. I've seen mm-hmm. blizzards. Mm-hmm. I've seen rain, just rain, you know, in general. Um, I've seen overcast clouds when someone was getting married and they wanted a bright sunny day. You know, there's so many things that don't go to plan in your mind, but doesn't mean it's not perfect. And unfortunately, I saw so many couples postpone and so many couples who did not postpone. And the thing is, the people who didn't postpone, they're, they're, they're moving on. They've got married and they're moving on with their life. And the people who have postponed, they're going to celebrate this year, which would be great. But I think that is something to be said. It's just move forward. No, don't let anything stop you. Don't. Don't let anything stop you. Don't. And I say this just be every single one of those couples said, I have no regrets staying on Absolutely. my date. It was the best day ever. It was better than I thought it was going to be. And and I share that experience with people and I tell them to encourage them, like, stay on your date. Yeah, a couple. Because then you're going to carry what? Another 12 months of stress with you? Absolutely. Chasing perfection again. Like, go back to how do you want your marriage to be? Right. We had um, a couple months ago, we had one of our Dan and I's brides on Victoria. She talked about planning a wedding even through a pandemic. I loved that episode. Wasn't it a great episode? Yes. I'm like, oh my God, I love this girl. And she said, you know, they're telling me about how dancing is going to be and how cocktail hour is going to be and trying to like, like, that is not what I thought. But then doing it, she was like, wow, that was better than I thought. This is, I hope future weddings keep that. It's funny because the, there's so many similarities of your theories versus hers because hers was focused on what's important mm-hmm. and yours is the same thing. Focus on what matters. I mean, ultimately, the advice that you're giving right now, which is interesting because you guys did not, like, it was not a coordinated effort here. No. Nope. But... She had the same takeaway. Yeah. Focus on what matters. Focus on what's important to Even you. Even Karen from Blackstone, too, in the food. Like, I talk to so many people that want a very specific type of cuisine that I know we can't do. We can't do. Like, if you walked into an Italian restaurant and asked them to make you sushi, like, you wouldn't ever do that. So it's the same thing coming to my venue where we do inside catering only. If they're asking me for something, I immediately refer them to Karen at Blackstone right. because I know they can do that. Yeah. 
No, I, I loved I love that episode and I'm loving this episode. I'm just I love the episodes where we really take a very simple concept mm-hmm. and, and it's just simple. It's just simple. There's five W's you came up with today, but it's very simple, but at the same time it's kind of the answer to everything. <laughs> really? It's yeah. that simple. Yep. So with that said, for our wrap up question. What are some key points that couples should be asking themselves to make sure that they are focused on what matters most to ensure that their wedding day is perfect event? I love this question. So um, you really need to find out what's included and what's not included. Um, Like for us, for instance, we don't include photography, entertainment, floral decor, cake, an officiant to say your vows, but we pretty much include everything else. Um, You can also ask, what are some things that we can't do here? Go back to those non-negotiables. So like no fireworks, bubbles, glitter, sparklers, fog machines, stuff like that. Um, And I really think it's important for a couple before they book to get an all-in, out-the-door total. So that needs to include tax. Sometimes people are like, oh, it's, you know, $20,000 plus tax. Well, that's great. But like, can you do the math for me? So just ask them to... Put that in writing and send it over. It's pretty easy. Like I keep a cut, copy, paste document because I love maximizing my time. So I'm like, boop, boop, boop. Here's all the inclusions done. Like that's all set. And I get asked a lot about gratuity when they see like our admin fees, for instance. Like we have a food and beverage minimum admin fee, site rental, ceremony fee, tax. So you're going to get all of that with me. And um, and then they ask, oh, does that admin fee include gratuity? No, it's not a gratuity. So then I'll guide them through the process of like, what could they spend? And gratuities with us are optional. And um, because our team is paid a higher hourly wage, but at the end of the day, you're going to have such a good experience. You're going to be like, oh, my God, thank you. Here's something extra for you. So I answer that question for them, too. And same thing with vendors. You know, I think that question comes up a lot. Some people don't know how to answer it. And I believe straight talk leads to straight understanding. So just answer it and say they're not expected. They are appreciated in the past. This is what some people have done to express their appreciation. And just answer it because everybody wants to know. Absolutely. And that's it. Yeah, I love it. Well, you have created such a wonderful process for our listeners, and I'm so (laughs) thankful for you joining us. Thank you so much for coming on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You've helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everyone where to find you? Oh, yeah. I mean, Google. Um, But you'll find the website is really easy. It's uh, newportexperience.com. And we have so many good um, Facebook and Instagram ways to find us, too. We have uh, something set up just for Ocean Cliff Hotel, something set up just for Regatta Place and the Schooner Aurora. Um, And in fact, a lot of people like you, too, you're always constantly, thank you, tagging when you come to Ocean Cliff, when you come to Regatta Place. So when my clients ask me for suggestions on vendors, I'm like, go to Instagram and check out who's tagged because you can see the work there of a professional like you. Um, So, yeah. Awesome. Well, what I'll do for our listeners is I'll have Suzanne's information up on the show notes where you can find them on our blog, which is at sarazarella.com slash podcast. Well, thank you, Suzanne, for coming and joining us. You're welcome. This is fun. We're going to have to have you on again. Okay. Awesome. 
Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.